Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. This is Mandy and the F-Bomb. Hey y'all, welcome back to the F-Bomb. So today we've got um, my very best friend in the world, Megan Holder, and she's here and we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas in giant families. We have a very big giant family. So 11 kids between us and we have the kind of friendship where we just really do life together. So um, I know in whenever we had a smaller family, like Christmas looked vastly different than it did this year or in a, you know, the last few years, whenever, because our family has grown so much. It literally grows every year almost. I'm hoping that's done. I think that's done. (laughs) Please let that be done. Unless there's an accident, I think it's done. (laughs) But literally for the last 16 years, it's almost grown every year. Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. 11 kids. So over 16 years, like we might've had a break where it's only just the same number for one or two years, but otherwise it grows. Yeah, that's so true. So I know everybody celebrates the holidays just a little bit differently. And for us, we've kind of maintained the same sort of routine um, for the last few years since we lived so close to each other now. So we moved to Waco in 2017. Um, And so since then, we've kind of practiced the same thing. And I will say that that's probably a little bit of Mandy's grace to me. Um, I am very particular at the holidays that I will not travel outside of the three and a half miles it is to get to her home to visit (laughs) the family. I will not go anywhere. And that was something my ex-husband and I agreed on when we first got married because I grew up in a divorced family. And so that meant going to four or five different houses on Christmas and never getting to play with my toys and always having to be on my best behavior. And I just said, when I'm an adult with children, they get to stay at their house. They get to play with their toys. They get to be on their worst behavior Mm -hmm. and have the best day ever and not have to go to those so many places. So um, it's always been the philosophy in my household that if you want to have Christmas with me, you're welcome to come to me. Um, And even Mandy would do that before she Mm -hmm. drastically outnumbered me in humans. So now I will go the three and a half miles since it's only Mm -hmm. the four to slash five of us, depending on whether or not my ex-husband is in town, um, to go to her home. But that is a grace to me that we do this this way. So, Well, and I I think it would, thank you for saying that, but I think it's also us too. I remember kind of the first couple of years that we were married before we established before Mike and I established kind of our own traditions and what we did and we didn't want to do um, around the holidays. It was just kind of like try to make everybody happy. And so in his family, there was four places that we needed to visit. And in my family, there was two places that we would need to visit. 
And it just was so much. And I remember like none of it being fun, not for me and not for Mike and not for the kids at all because they would get to one place and well, and also we had this tiny, tiny car. So Mm -hmm. trying to fit all the gifts in there and then you can't fit all the gifts and then you have to leave the toys at the places. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, it was just too much. And the kids like in their nicer clothes being on their best behavior and they just want to sit somewhere and play with their toys Mm -hmm. and not be in the car and Anyway, so eventually we started doing the same thing where we would go, anybody who wants to come to Christmas is so very welcome, but we will not be traveling. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we've been doing the last few years is just not traveling. Um, And we would go to Meg's house. It's just easier because we outnumber her for her to come to our house. Mm Mm-hmm. It's actually really funny because Mandy has the bigger family but lives in the smaller house. Uh And I have the smaller family and live in the probably extra thousand square feet more than she has in her house. Um, But we always seem to end up in Ethel the tiny house because there's more humans and everybody's just on top of each other. And that's just kind of how we exist in space. And that's exactly how it was for Christmas this year. Like everyone was laying on top. I walked in and there's people on top of each other on the couch and (laughs) kids are running around back and forth. There's somebody at a shopping cart on their head. I think that must've been a new (laughs) toy. Um, So it was a little bit more chaotic than normal. We don't norm. There's not normally a whole lot of chaos. There's lots of times where Mandy and I will look at each other and go, do you know there's 11 children in this house? Would you guess? It's so quiet and calm. It's silent and good. But Christmas is a time where we embrace chaos instead of try to control it. Like, yeah, kids I think are we re- kind of wake up and go like, today the answer is yes. As yes, much as it, as can, much as it be, can be, the answer is yes. Yes, you can do that. Yes, mm-hmm. you can have candy for breakfast. Yes, you can have extra servings of dessert. Yes, you can play with your toys. Yes, you can stay in your PJs all day. Lola didn't even put pants on this year. I mean, I'm I'm here for that. I wouldn't have <laughs> if other adults hadn't been around. <laughs> Um, but same, my kids, literally for breakfast, Santa had brought them this like a chocolate, like a hollow chocolate ball. And inside the ball, there was a, a marshmallow shaped like something fun, like the Mandalorian or Paw Patrol or something. And that's, I, I mean, I made breakfast, but did anyone eat breakfast? No, they ate chocolate ball full of marshmallow yeah, for breakfast. Yeah, we made crap for breakfast, but the best kind, like it was like monkey sugary bread. monkey bread. Yeah. Or, I made cinnamon rolls, but yeah. nobody wanted it. No, they just want all they the wanted candy. The candy that came out of their stockings, which, I mean, like, same. Same. Yeah, I had a butterfinger or two for sure. <laughs> so, but that's kind of what we do. And um, I was thinking about how it looks like this Christmas and how it looked a few Christmases ago whenever we were a new foster family and, tr- like, turning into, like, a extra large family. Because I think at four kids, people start looking at you like you're a little bit nuts. Mm-hmm. And then we received our first placement, which we ended up um, later adopting. And we had five kids by then. And then they were like, oh, you're a different brand of nuts. And so well, then you added my kids to the mix and mm-hmm. it was six to seven, depending on mm-hmm. how long that goes. Well, talk to me about Christmas when you first got that first placement. I imagine, and I remember knowing you that there's a lot of dichotomy in that. There's a lot of joy. There's mm-hmm. a lot of sadness. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of hard. So talk to me about. So she was about Um, eight months old whenever Christmas rolled around and it was right around the time I met her birth mom for the first time and um, up until then we didn't have a really any relationship at all because there were lots of kind of walls and barriers and um, stuff up and um, so we had met at a CPS office and I remember that it was it was really close to Christmas. I remember that meeting 
and just wondering how it was going to go. And I was a little bit apprehensive, um, especially because Rosie wanted me. She wanted to be in my arms and she didn't really, she didn't know her birth mom very well because it was, the visits were sporadic. And I was so concerned about um, hurting her feelings, hurting mom's feelings. Um, and so we hugged each other and Rosie kind of tried to jump from her arms to mine and to mine. And she was so gracious and just kind of handed her over and wanted to sit and talk. So we sat on these two metal chairs in this lobby of a CPS office with this baby between us. And I wish someone was there to take pictures because I can see it so clearly in my head. I've got Rosie, I'm sitting there and I've got Rosie in my right arm. And mom is next to me on my right side. So Rose is essentially between us. And Rosie would kind of look at me and lay her head down on my chest. And then kind of almost arch her back and like go upside down to look at mom and kind of lean into her a little bit. She kept going between us. And so she had been with us since she was two days old. Um, but it's so interesting. It makes you wonder, like, man, I wish I could get into her head and wonder how much of this she was in her own baby way, like understanding, like, this is significant here, these two moms that love me. Um, I don't know. I don't want to project too much onto an eight-month-old, but it was special what she was doing. I'd never seen her do that before. Mm. So I'd through throughout kind of that the case up until she was eight months old, I'd done a lot of inner work, I think, that I needed to do to be at a place where I could have a good relationship with her mom. And because of that, I'd come to care a great deal about her and wonder how she was doing and um, want real. And I mean, it didn't take very much to want really good things for her because that's kind of where I sit in life typically um, for other people. But around Christmas, I remember it was like the, it felt like the culmination of like a whole bunch of firsts that I got to be there for and mom didn't. So I got to be there to see her smile for the first time and hear her coo for the first time and laugh for the first time and crawl and all of the things. Um, I got to be there for her first Halloween and her first Thanksgiving. Here we are, her first Christmas and giving her her first Christmas gifts and watching her eyes light up at all the lights and all the fun things going on. And I remember, like you said, it's just dichotomy being so very, very, very grateful that she was in my arms and feeling so very, very sad that she wasn't with mom and that mom wasn't experiencing this because I know how much she loves her. Um, so that was... That was kind of our first Christmas was was a beautiful, wonderful Christmas um, with her, um, but also was me sitting in a place of conflict with my feelings. That's a place you sit well and often. Yeah. yeah so no surprise <laughs> there. But the next one looked a little different when we had little girl number two, mm-hmm. the next well, couple down the road. Next couple down the road. So and then Knox was... He came mm-hmm. in January right after that first Christmas. Because mm-hmm. that was his birthday. He was just a few days old when you got yep. him. Mm-hmm. So he came in January. And um, then we thought for sure we were we were so done because our house was closed. We had reached max capacity in Texas. 
And then Rose's mom had another baby. And um, after some struggle, um, just just with kind of waivers and red tape and stuff like that, baby came home. And it was Lola. Lola came home right around Christmas. And um, that was a whole nother, another thing because at this point, um, mom and I had built a relationship. Now, it wasn't a super steady one, and it, it was definitely one that was a bit tumultuous because um, she wasn't um, she wasn't at a steady place. Mm-hmm. I remember with, obviously, we didn't know mom before Rosie was born, but with Lola's birth and subsequent months after that, I mean, she disappeared for a while and definitely got lost for a while, and that started around the holidays for sure, which probably compounds it, I would think, some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't hear much from her around the holidays. Um, but I actually looked back at my Facebook. There was a memory that came up and it was talking about, it was talking about wondering where she was, wondering where she was and that I came home with this precious bundle that that she was missing right now. And I got to hold her newborn again, the second newborn. I got to hold her and love her and comfort her. Um, I just remember feeling both incredibly fortunate and almost like, I don't even know what the right word is to like be grateful but also be so sorry at somebody else's loss that I get to benefit from somebody else's heartache is a really hard place to sit. So I remember holding Lola um, in the middle of the night one night, wondering where mom was, and then thinking about how I'm looking down and looking at this baby that looks just like her, by the way, still looks just like her. Exactly. I look at... Lola sometimes and I just see her bio mom, just her first yeah. mama. And I'm like, whoo, they, yeah. they're twins, like yes. literally. But I'm holding this baby that looks just like her. And then I know that down the hall is her firstborn sleeping soundly. And it would just hit me like, oh my gosh, like this is such a, and I don't want to say hard because it sounds like I'm like, oh, look at you. It's so hard for you to love somebody else's and that's not what I mean it's just it weighs on me um and it's not lost on me well I think one of the things the nuances of foster care that I think a lot of people don't pay attention to too terribly much is they think there's a lot of joy in adoption and of course there is but something has to break for something to be built so bio mom's heart got broken families have a lot going on let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. For our family to mm-hmm. be built. And so I think that there needs to be a place of honor for that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sitting in heavy things honors it. I think so too. I I don't think I could agree more. That honor is the word. I want to always make sure to honor that for my kids and for her. Well, that brings up a question. And I know I'm going to throw you because I genuinely don't know. So you guys <laughs> oh, no. have to know that I don't spend Christmas morning with the Moors. I spend Christmas morning with my family. Mm-hmm. I know that for birthdays, for the girls, y'all do a special light candle for mm-hmm. by a mom as kind of a reminder of her. And, you know, we keep her present in our lives. Do y'all do anything special at Christmas? Or do you know any foster families that do special things for bio families at the holidays? Not that I know of. Not oh. that I know of. We don't do anything super special um, for the kids mm-hmm. at Christmas. But we now we're at a place where um, mom is super steady and just awesome and um so we have been sending pictures and videos and making sure that she feels a part of things i wonder is that something you'd consider in the future like maybe making an ornament for bio mom or something great idea yeah hang on the tree for the her for them Mm -hmm. and all of that i wonder what i've wanted to do and i've haven't gotten to it just because like it's one of those things that you're like oh man it's christmas again i should have done this and Mm -hmm. i just Anyway, so this is like you why guys, don't you tell them? Wait, why don't you tell them when you sent your 2020 Christmas cards? Oh man, tell them. Or the, was it 2020 or 2019? I think actually it was the 2019 Christmas cards that you sent in like September of this year. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> Christmas cards from 2019 went out this year in September because I found a stack of them, all addressed and stuffed and ready to go. And they just never left. And so I was like, I handed them to Mike and I was like, okay, you're responsible for getting these out. All you got to do is slip a stamp on them. He was like, are you serious? So I had people people going who don't know us very well going, oh, wow, the kids have grown. And I'm like, dude, we've also added a couple (laughs) or at least one since then. Two years ago. And so um, I'm cracking up as I get messages from people kind of going like, what? You're either really early or super late. (laughs) And the people that know our family well are like, they contact me and they're laughing. They're just rolling going, WTF, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing? Why did you do this? And I was like, genuinely, because I thought it was funny. (laughs) So anyway, to roll around of how Christmas rolls up on us and we don't know it's always going to come on December 25th. (laughs) What did you want to (laughs) do? So what I wanted to do probably for the past three years, and I just haven't gotten to it, is I want to, you know how you can make those books um, in Shutterfly? Mm Mm-hmm. I really want to make a book in Shutterfly for each of my kids that have been adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, just starting with their 
newborn pictures and go kind of a kid story, but their own story, like, and this is what happened. And you have been loved since the moment that you were born. And there was never not a time that you weren't loved or wanted or cherished. And this is the story of your family and how you came to be here in this family that loves you so much. And you are part of our family. And this is why we did things this way and um, how we honor um, your family and where you, your birth family and where you came from. And just kind of speaking life into that because it's important to me. Stories are important to me. Obviously that's why I do a podcast. Um, but I want them to know their story and I want, and I know that they're going to come to an age where they are framing their story um, themselves in a way that is true for them. And I want to make sure that as much as I can, I give them um, framework to work with that is healthy and right and true as they work to frame that story for themselves. Yeah. Maybe that'll come in the next few years. (laughs) Me doing that book? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think you're giving me a lot of credit here. (laughs) Maybe college. (laughs) (laughs) Likely. Likely. So um, Christmas looks different now. Um, and it's, what's nice, um, is that the way it's evolved has been super organic, like it, not just for our, the Moore family, but the way we do Christmases together, the Moors and the Holders together has been really beautiful, I think. And I know not, uh, not a lot of people do life the way we do. I'm going to bring up TikTok here, y'all, so just go with me. Go with me here. I was <laughs> scrolling through TikTok last night because I couldn't sleep. This actually doesn't happen to me often anymore, and I'm really grateful. But I was up about 2 in the morning and scrolling through TikTok, and there are these two best friends. Um, and apparently they, like, travel and do – I don't know what exactly they talk about, but they're two besties that do life together. And they were like, I don't know how to explain it except that we do life together. Mm-hmm. And so it like the video was them talking about how they switch places having dinner and their kids are besties and they just do all the life things together. And I was like, yes, like I didn't realize that that was maybe I did realize it, but I forget how uncommon it is Mm -hmm. um, for people's lives to be as um, in the best way entangled Mm -hmm. as ours are. So this Christmas thing and holiday thing that we've been able to organically build and grow has been really, really cool, Um, even as we've added kids and even, like, people to our our family group. To our tribe. Well, and I don't mean this in a, like, a nasty way, but also subtracted people. So, like, this is the second Mm -hmm. Christmas that I've been divorced and not subtracted in a bad way. My ex-husband comes to Christmas and he stays the night at my house so that he can wake up with the kids and be there in the mm-hmm. morning. But that means Christmas has changed. It's not exactly the same as it was. And I think kind of the beauty of our family is its fluidity and flexibility and kind of just acceptance. We had friends pop by this year. We had my mother, um, so other family, and, and your your dad pop by. Like we invited lots of other people and, you know, mm-hmm. every, the, the table is open. I guess, for lack of a better term. And I love the flexibility of it. I love the family feel of it, even though relationships have changed or the structure of the family has changed. It still has that kind of really beautiful feel, even as it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger over the years. Mm -hmm. 
bigger and I think more complex. Mm -hmm. I think people looking at us would either think we're saints or we're crazy. Genuinely. So, and I think they can think what they want. Mm -hmm. It works for us. It does. And it's been, I think the beautiful thing I, I would say just as a, from the lens of a parent is that our kids are so secure in all of our relationships. Mm -hmm. So you and Wayne have done such a beautiful job um, in your divorce, mm -hmm. um, showing your kids and my kids looking on that um, a change in family structure doesn't mean you're losing anything. And so they still, he's just Uncle Wayne. Like to mm -hmm. my kids, he's just Uncle Wayne. And so um, the friendship the friendship that has come out of this, and obviously like there was stuff to work through, but the, the place that y'all have been able to get and have continually, even whenever things were hard, have intentionally walked in the direction of has been one of health and healing and friendship and wanting the best for your kids and for each other. 100%. And so what's great is that we come together at things like Christmases or birthdays or just Tuesday night having pizza mm -hmm. and all 11 of our kids are are able to just be like, I'm going to go home with Aunt Meg or I'm going to stay with Aunt Mimi or I'm going to go to Uncle Wayne's house tonight. Mm -hmm. And there is just such beautiful fluidity in that. Well, and they know they're accepted in all those places and all those places are theirs. Mm -hmm. Like I had the boys the day after Christmas. I had all five of the boys and none of the girls. So <laughs> like my daughter was not there and then I flip-flopped and then I lost some of the boys and got some of the girls back and it's yeah. been... Christmas break has been basically... Very fluid. Super. I mean, and honestly, it's that way throughout the school year as well. It is. So, like, my four-year-old is He's pretty mine. certain that he lives with his Aunt Meg, and he pretty much does. Mm -hmm. And I asked him the other day, and it was actually a win for me. I was like, hey, who's your mama? And he was like, you are. And I was like, what? yes. No. Yes. So he Lies. teases me all the time, this four-year-old of mine, because he's like, Aunt Meg's my mom. And I'm like, man, I, mean, he I has, am your mama. He hasn't been home since the day after Christmas. So today's the 28th. He went home with me on the 26th and he hasn't been back. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's so happy at your house. Uh, yes. It's all the toys and all the boy stuff and all the yep. you, all the you. But I just feel really fortunate. And I don't think our kids even know kind of the blessing that they're growing up in, getting mm -hmm. to have a family like this and. I'm just going to caveat this and say this is how we're doing things. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what works for us and what's right for us in our family. Um, and however anybody does it for their family, it's, if it's working for you, then that's the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. And don't let anybody tell you different. We've been told mm -hmm. we're codependent and <laughs> enmeshed and overly engaged with each other. And we are just happy living our life. So people can think that till they're blue in the face. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care. You go live your enmeshed life with someone else. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not gonna judge you. You don't judge me. I'm but it's true. We've got, you know, an ex-husband involved now, and mm -hmm. um, friends, and you know, my dad and your mom, and kids that were born, um, born from us, and kids that were adopted, and it's Kid. just still one currently in foster care. So, still one currently in foster care, and mm -hmm. it. You know, it's just family, and I I believe for a long time and have kind of lived my life in this way that family is what you make it. Mm -hmm. Family is what you make it, and I've been really fortunate to 
I always say I have the best village, the best tribe. And that's that's how I feel. Well, and I think too, people look at the big family sometimes and think that's oh so different from me. And that's just so different from what we do. And it's probably not, guys. Like we ended up with too much food at the end of Christmas. I'm sure you did too. We had the biggest mess with paper and toys and chaos, and I'm sure you did too. Um, but difference is it took about three minutes to clean it up. Because there's so many hands so to many do hands. it. <laughs> so many hands to do it. Yeah. So. And, but yeah. I think that there's probably a lot more. I think people like to hear the differences, but I think there's a lot more similarities than people would even mm-hmm. imagine as well. I think so. we get that a lot um, whenever – Whenever we're making friends and they're coming over for the first time, um, whether it's your house or my house, like it, we'll have a bunch of kids over. And what inevitably happens is they go, how many kids are here? Um, because it's so calm. Like Christmas is different, but typically it's peaceful. We had someone come over um, Christmas that was like, well, I can't believe like how many kids there are in here. It's less chaos than well, and, what I thought. And that friend compared it to other people that he knows with less. And he was like, wow, it's astronomically less chaotic here than it is in other places that I've seen. And that's just because this is how we do family and this is how we do life. And that's how another family does family and life. And that works for them. And this works for us. And I love that journey for all of us. Like just raise good humans, y'all. And for real. So I know this this podcast is kind of a meandering of um, what we've got going on, what we've built and kind of where we started um, as far as big family Christmases. Um, Stories are so important to me, and it's important that we hear stories. I love hearing stories that come from perspectives that I've never heard of before because it helps me grow and um, see things maybe in a different way that I've ever, that I hadn't seen before. So um, this is me letting you in just a little bit and what our family is like and what our Christmas is look like over here. Um, We've got some really cool things coming up in the new year. Just want to say thank you so much again for kind of following along with this F-bomb journey. If you hadn't heard the story yet, maybe um, check out my first or second podcast. And it's me telling, telling the listeners how I didn't, I've never even really listened to podcasts. So having a podcast was not something that was on my mind. So the fact that y'all are out there like listening and I've gotten messages from some of you, um, I can't tell you how grateful I am. So um, I guess I appreciate you just following along. We're going to have some really cool stories coming up. I've got quite a few people that are in the queue to come out and kind of lend their stories to this really beautiful book that we're building. So You guys have a safe, safe, safe new year, and we will catch you on the flip side. Bye. (laughs) Mandy and the F-Bomb is produced by Rogue Media. Make sure to like and follow us on social media, and you can find our show anywhere you get podcasts or at roguemedianetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media podcast. 